Hello, and welcome back to the Futurism at JHU podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas, joined with co-host Ricardo. What's up? And today we have special guest speaker, uh, Chai Nat. Uh, Chai Nat is the uh, host of the Hopkins Hacks podcast, another great podcast on campus. Um, so love to get started, learn a little bit about who you are, what you're majoring in, goals, interests. Um, yeah, just love to hear a little bit about you. Awesome. So my name is Chinat. I'm currently a senior here at Hopkins majoring in computer science. Um, I'm interested in anything that is ed tech related. So essentially the intersection between education and technology. On campus, I'm involved in a number of different ventures. So one of the ventures that I'm involved in is called Quest to Learn, which is thinking about how can we imagine lab science education. I've also been involved in the Hopkins Hacks podcast, which is all about how can you make the most out of your Hopkins experience? So could you tell us a little bit more about what Hopkins Hacks is and what inspired you to create it? Sure. So Hopkins Hacks really came about in some shape or form since the start of my freshman year. You know, people always say that your college is like the highest point in your life. So coming in, I've always thought about how can I make the most out of these four years that I have here? And throughout this journey, what I kind of recognize is that what really helped me the most was having conversations with those who have already been through that experience or just gone through that experience and gaining insights and wisdoms from them. And when I went around to kind of ask different people, how would you define a successful Hopkins experience? You know, people range their answers from something completely abstract, being like, hey, just figuring out your life, um, figuring out what I want to do to something that is actually more concrete, right? Getting into a good med school, um, you know, finding a well-paying job. And so our definition of college success that we decided on at Hopkins Hacks is really about understanding um, the four pillars of life as defined by life design, um, and which is a philosophy that came out of Stanford that is also practiced here at Hopkins. And the four pillars of that is essentially work, relationship, health, and play. And so I kind of like bring on different guests and see how they manage to leverage Hopkins resources to make the most out of these kind of four pillars and experiences. So getting into the four pillars, I guess I'm curious, um, like how, how are those four pillars decided and especially play? Cause that's something that you don't hear often. Like you hear health, maybe health, you think that's like taking care of yourself and taking care of your mental and physical health. And maybe play goes into that. Yeah. But you have play as your, a whole separate pillar. So could you like explain what like you would define play as and like why that's its own pillar and not like part of health, I guess, sure. for example. So, you know, I think that these different pillars, they all break down into further subcategories. I can start off with play and then kind of potentially work our way around the other pillars. So play is really about what are the extracurriculars that you do, like what kind of hobbies that you do, but also about exploration, right? What are the places that you're traveling to? And this is very different from um, health or at least Perhaps there's some overlap, but there is a clear distinction in the sense that health covers both physical and mental health. And so under physical health, that would include something such as sleep, diet, and exercise, whereas mental health would be more about um, thinking about stress management, time management, anxiety management, for example. And you know, with the other two categories, uh, with like work, for example, um, that one is more of a focus about academics as career development, whereas uh, finally, for relationships, that includes both personal and professional relationships. So definitely, there's a, definitely a, quite a bit of overlap between these different pillars and categories. But generally, you know, by thinking about 
things in these four different buckets, it's a good kind of framework to be a starting point. So how, how have you, now that you're a senior, you've been through almost four years, the full Hopkins experience, how have you kind of filled each of those buckets? Like make sure you're, you know, maintaining a healthy work, maintaining healthy relationships, healthy play. Like how, how does that look for you right now for, you know, the freshmen, sophomores, incoming students who are trying to figure out kind of how to keep a balanced life at Hopkins? Yeah, I think that, you know, this is definitely a very tricky problem. And there are some times where I feel like I'm doing a better job than other times. Uh, I can only imagine midterm week is probably a time when you might compromise with a couple of those burners. But I think that generally it's quite interesting to see how you have um, these four different pillars. And I would like to think about it in the metaphor of like four different burners, right? On one hand, you can potentially focus on a certain category, but if you turn up the burner on one certain uh, pillar, right, you kind of like, sacrifice a little bit of the three others. So it's kind of like a juggling act. And finding that right balance is, is definitely more of an art than a actual uh, science. And what I kind of do um, in order to maintain those four different buckets and pillars is every month I would kind of like do a monthly review where I would rate myself based on a scale between zero and 10 where I currently lie on each bucket. So for example, Let's say that this past month, I've been doing a lot of work, I've been getting good grades, then my work might be higher, but let's say that because I'm, you know, putting more time, investing more time into my academics, I'm compromising on my sleep, you know, I haven't been exercising at much, my, my health might be a bit lower in terms of like three or four. And I would kind of like reflect about, you know, why I gave myself a certain percentage point at each category and kind of think about, okay, reflect on that, what are the next steps that I need to do um, moving forwards in the next month in order to comp compensate for some of these, um, uh, uh, you know, downfalls. And so over time, that has helped me kind of figure out the general pattern of how my work cycle works and my health cycle works and my relationship cycle works over a, like a full year basis, which is quite insightful. That's really cool because uh, that kind of brings up like a personal anecdote that uh, Whenever I was in high school, like closer to getting into college, uh, I started seeing a lot of these people doing like, oh, how do you optimize time management? Like one of the things that I noticed that they did a lot is, you know, journaling. Journaling is like one of the best things to do. And so I started doing that um, the beginning of like freshman year. It was all in COVID, like COVID time. So we were online. So I had a little bit more time to devote to that. Uh, I unfortunately like kind of fell off on the train of doing it, uh, sort of wasn't able to kind of keep a habit. but. Uh, even now, uh, looking back at those like journal entries that I had of just like every day, it's really, it's kind of crazy just to go back and see like the mental state you were in. It's, and it's insane to just sort of feel the growth, right? Because sometimes you don't see the growth. You're the person that's uh, always there with you. Um, and so incremental changes you don't really notice. But once you look back and see all the progress you've made, it's sort of like a great thing just to see how far you've come um, and all the goals that you've achieved. So I really like that idea as well, and I probably should start doing that again. Yeah, I'm a big believer of uh, journaling, and I think that journaling has had a really positive impact on my life. Um, every morning, uh, I kind of aim, aim to get up. The first thing that I do is I rope skip 750 reps, and then I'd go to my room and I'd open up my computer, and the first thing that i try to do um, is I would write 750 words. So this is a habit called... Um, you know, kind of like the morning, morning writing, or I call it my morning brain dump, where essentially I just write the first 750 words that come to my mind. 
And over time, this, you know, accumulates quite a bit. I think that, you know, I've had more than um, 200 entries now um, just over uh, the past couple of years. And, you know, definitely while I don't necessarily, I try to do it every day and I don't necessarily get around to it every day, um, I definitely keep up a pretty good pace about it. Um, and also during those monthly reviews, in addition to categorizing those kind of like four different burners, um, I also write a letter to my future self. So this is another practice that I do where essentially I would, at the start of the month, I would write a letter that I would read at the end of the month. And then I would reread and I would write a response to that letter. And then I would reread these two letters three months down the line and then write another response. And in a full year down the line, I would then write myself another response. So as you can see, this is back and forth dialogue between my own self, um, just having a deeper understanding of what are certain motivations. And it really helps put things into perspective. Um, just to give you a clearer example, for example, um, you know, recently, you know, we just got into the month of November and I got to review uh, kind of like my uh, uh, journal entries or my letter to my future self from October of last year. And I kind of saw how at that time I was experiencing certain stages or symptoms of burnout that are kind of parallel to what are the current symptoms that I'm experiencing. And by looking at the perspective of seeing how that impacted me later on in November and how potentially by December it wasn't that big of a problem, looking at these current issues that I'm facing right now in this October of 2022, you know, it really helps put things into perspective of making me realize that, hey, maybe in the long run of things, things will manage to work out. And I find this to be super helpful as well, because you would, for example, in my previous letters, I would mention certain people or connections that I've made um, that I ha might ha not have had the chance to touch base with them over the past year that thanks to these kind of letters to my future self, I'm able to kind of rekindle that kind of relationship. And so to me, you know, journaling is a very big part of um, my personal identity. And I think that it is a very powerful tool um, to the extent that, you know, I kind of extended that process right now to even doing personal video recordings. So yes. I would take those letters to my future self and having these kind of four burners, I realized that the best way to kind of contextualize these is to potentially record a little video about myself um, at the start of the semester. So I don't do this on a monthly basis, but I do this on a semester basis. And I've started this since um, this past summer. And frankly, I've just found it really, really effective in terms of me outlining what I want to do for the semester. And then at the end of the semester, I would record a little video response of myself, um, kind of like responding to that. And at the start of the fall, for example, I, I did another um, personal video. And those videos are really great touch points for me because, for example, sometimes I might feel lost or confused about what I should focus or concentrate right now. Not only do I, am I able to refer to some of the text that I've written previously, but I'm also able to rewatch some of these videos that I recorded about myself and reignite a sense of excitement as well as uh, motivation um, to actually go about accomplishing uh, a lot of these things. That reminds me, um, I have a friend who kind of similar to like journaling and the video response he has on a, on the wall of his room. He has basically like a mission statement of like what he wants to do, you know, this semester or like even like looking beyond that, like in his life. Um, so I kind of copied that idea. So I thought it was so <laughs> genius. Like basically, like they say, if you write down your goals, like what you want to achieve, I think this, the status like you're like 40% more likely to achieve those goals. So like, 
I've now like typed out like a whole like mission oh, wow. statement for myself of like what I want to achieve this semester. Part of it was like I want to make Futurism at JHU podcast like one of the biggest podcasts or the biggest podcast or you know with, with, <laughs> with, with Hopkins Sachs. Hopkins Sachs and I can we can we can share the the glory. <laughs> spot, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was one of the goals. Um, and so like just having it in writing and being able to look back on it and like really I should have it printed out and put it on my wall because I have not looked at it in a couple weeks now because I wrote it a couple weeks back. I, I just said this recently. Um, but it was really powerful because I was like, I set my academicals. Like I want to, you know, get straight A's this semester. I want to like do really well in my classes. I want to find an internship for next summer. So like just putting those into context and like talking about my long-term goals too. Like I want to make a big impact in the world and like defining kind of what that impact is. Like as a neuroscientist, I want to, you know, you know, uh, do research and like develop cures for like debilitating neurological diseases, for example. So I think that is something for me personally that's been really impactful. And I, I used to do journaling too. Um, and also like a, there's this um, app called um, Gratitude 365 that I use. I see. Um, really, or maybe it's the other way around, 365 Gratitude. Either way, it's on the App Store. Highly recommend because it's basically this app where you can like post every day um, just what you're grateful for. And there's this whole community of people who are doing the same. So you get to just get this influx of just like positivity from people who are like grateful from everything from like grapes to like being alive. So it's like this whole like spectrum of like what people are grateful for, but it's like such a positive community. And that's also something I, I really should get back into more. Um, I've been kind of doing it sporadically, but I think gratitude and like setting your goals on paper or like typing them out has been really, really like helpful for me. Um, so would highly recommend to all those listening out there. Definitely. And I think that, you know, personally, I've been reflecting about this a bit more uh, recently as well. Just thinking about why do we procrastinate? Why aren't we able to achieve <laughs> some of these goals that we've set out for ourselves? And really, I, you know, after some reflection, the insight that I got was that it's actually a misalignment between what we need and what we want. So what we want is we want to be at that end state where we're potentially successful or we have this you know, successful podcast in, in your case. But what we need in order to achieve that end goal is to actually put in the effort, invest in the time. And that's not necessarily aligned with what we want because what we want is really the end goal, but what we need is the end state progress, right? And so having that kind of like um, end goal there in mind uh, writing that out, putting that out there helps us to, at the same time, recognize what are the things that we need to do in order to get there. And having this clear framework between of what you want versus what you need is really helpful in helping to contextualize the things that you're doing and potentially motivate you to do, go about actually achieving these goals. Yeah, I think that's very true, especially when you hear it oftentimes. And when you're doing something hard, right, it's sometimes not about uh, finding your way to the end process, but like just falling in love with the actual process itself. Uh, you know, you go into, I don't know, maybe bodybuilding or maybe you're uh, playing a certain sport. Like, sure, you want to be at the top of your game. But if you're dreading every time you're going to the gym, it's not you're not in a very good mental yeah. health and you're not going to sort of have those breakthroughs that you might uh, with a positive attitude. So and I found this myself when going to, to the gym, like you start going, um, you start putting on more weight. Maybe you you hit a, a wall, right? Maybe you're not able to progress. But sometimes you have to step back, sort of deload, uh, and just, again, fall in love with the process again. Just the fact that you're getting up, the fact that you're doing something, just keep keeping on doing it until you do get that breakthrough. And yeah. instead of worrying about the end results, because as long as you're consistent with something, 
and I've seen this throughout a lot of things, working out, skateboarding, uh, art as well. The more you keep at it, the more the closer you're getting to your end goal. So just fall in love with the process and you'll eventually make it to the end. I totally agree. And I think that, you know, this comes down to, you know, what I personally believe as one of the key insights to success or actually achieving a goal is um, not necessarily the goal itself or, you know, like uh, the just the prospect of the goal, but rather how do you design your environment and design systems such that you provide yourself short term rewards in order to achieve this uh, long term goal, right? Like a lot of people like like you mentioned, um, the going to the gym, or for example, I know that a lot of people do this gummy bear reading book trick thing, for example, it's all about how do you design a system such that your short term um, system kind of like system one thinking uh, aligns with your longer term system two brain kind of telling you what are these uh, harder goals that you want to achieve. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, uh, in your experience in your Hopkins career, like what has been the single most impactful habit for you, or maybe maybe one or two habits um, that you would recommend to, you know, other Hopkins students out there. Most impactful habit. Like a, maybe maybe it's a habit that you've had throughout. Um, uh, throughout college or it's something that maybe you recently picked up that's just like maybe slightly changed or like dramatically um, helped you in your in I'd your life I'd say definitely the 750 words writing hmm. and I mean like you know I started out in high school but I didn't rec- really fully recognize the value of that actually I started out in like yeah 2017 um, kind of like middle school high school-ish um, I didn't recognize the full value of that until I reached uh college um and the way that it works for me like i mentioned is that the first thing that i get up in the morning after rope skipping is i write 750 words and you know 750 words might sound like oof that's quite a bit but just because of the reps that i pulled in i know consistently that as long as i'm able to you know set a timer for 20 minutes after 20 minutes i'm definitely done with 750 words um and so having that framework of Rather than thinking about it, oh, a 750-word writing task, actually, it's just a 20-minute writing block um, that I just like set a timer and keep writing nonstop. Um, that kind of helps me kind of alleviate uh, that kind of mental anxiety of having to write so much. And what I recognize is that this benefits me multiple folds, right? Because on the first hand, right, it's, it's the brain dump. You're getting a lot of ideas out there that you might be thinking about. Um, but secondly, like, you just wrote 750 words. Like, you feel really good about yourself. Um, you know, in that moment, regardless of what you're going to do next, you just feel, like, super in the flow. Like, I feel like this kind of, like, 750 words or just this brain dump is is a way to hijack my brain to get into that kind of flow state that often would t- otherwise take me a long time to get into uh, and kind of, like, cut through a lot of those procrastination cycles. In addition, what I find is that when I'm starting to do, like, these kind of 750 words writing, is that I kind of recognize that, hey, I might need to write this email to this professor. Why don't I write this email now while I'm doing the 750 words? And so what ended up happening is that throughout that 750 words writing process, I end up writing like three or five emails that would otherwise have taken me like two hours to write out. And if, for example, I had an idea for an essay, I might carry through that writing past the 750 words, and that 750 word entry might end up turning into my essay. And because of how consistently I pulled in these reps, um, of writing these 750 words, for example, I know that it takes me on average 20 minutes to write 750 words, right? 
So roughly around, um, you know, that makes it kind of like half an hour for maybe like 1,000 words. So if I need to write, a, for example, a 5,000 word essay, as long as I have a clear outline and a clear structure of argument, I know that the time that it would take me to kind of like flush out those bullet points into an actual paragraph form would take me, you know, five times half an hour, which is 2.5 hours. And I give myself a little buffer room for three hours. And I know that definitely once I have an outline and a research, like, you know, argument of where I'm going, it'll only take me three hours to turn all of these kind of like bullet points and ideas into prose and text. And, you know, this is really, really critical for me, especially as a computer science student, because, you know, I'm more technical and these writing yeah. these essays are not necessarily my forte. But having this in mind and putting in those reps of writing these 750 words has really helped me gain that confidence in my writing um, that has really uh, a lot enabled me or empowered me um, to do a lot more writing uh, than my peers, for example. So basically what I'm hearing is whether you're in the gym or you're <laughs> writing, consistency is king. Exactly. That's essentially what I'm, what I'm getting, which I think yeah. is really true. And it develops the yeah. writing confidence in yourself as well. And I think that because a lot of people, like, they stare at a blank piece of paper and they don't know where to start, right? Uh, I think that for me personally, I find that, you know, the 750 words idea is really another way for me to um, uh, express this, what I call the FBR policy, which is fast, bad, and wrong. Um, <laughs> And so, like, how do I write fast and write bad and wrong? Because you want to just get a first draft out there. And then from that first draft, you can edit it and change it or whatever. Do whatever like you that. want to do it. I like that. But, um, yeah. And it's called FBR specifically because R is wrong. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You, but, um, you yeah. put low expectations on yourself. Exactly. Like, this, I'm just getting it out there. It doesn't exactly. need to be perfect or anything. Exactly. And I find that, you know, definitely for me personally, you know, that's the main thing that really holds me back a lot of the time. Um, just because I, ha I hold myself up to such high expectations and high standards that um, I often over I'm overly motivated to achieve something and that's frankly one of the main sources of procrastination. That reminds me um, I'm actually like a study consultant oh, so wow. like I work with we're supposed to work with like a few students basically one-on-one -on -one, um, basically mentoring them like talking about like study skills tips for different classes. One of the big things that um, I think about is like thinking about if you're uh, uh, time um, like you 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 focus on the time a task is going to take or you focus on like the completion of the task if that makes sense like are mm -hmm. you time oriented or are you task oriented and like for me personally I'm very task oriented so like as long as I can get it started and get into the flow I know oh, I'm going to yeah. get it done yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, just yeah. you know having a little chunk of time there that I, I know I'm just going to work on this whereas some people are like okay, I'm going to work on this for 15 minutes, I'm going to work on this for 45 minutes. And they're very, like, time-oriented and, like, schedule everything out, like, to a T. So, like, I think that's something that I think could help Hopkins students a lot. I don't know if you've thought about that at all. Like, thinking about, do you want to plan every single thing you're going to do in a day? Like, does that help you stay organized and, and motivated and disciplined? Or is it better to, these are the tasks I'm going to do in a day. Because I use this app, actually, on my phone. It's called Rocket135. Oh, basically wow. a one three five list which is one big task three medium tasks five small tasks so it's like the big tasks like maybe an hour hour and a half the medium tasks 30 45 minutes and then small tasks like 20 30 minutes or less um and so that's been really helpful for me because if you have more than nine tasks you have to prioritize what's the most important nine tasks of the day most of the time i only complete maybe two or three of the tasks <laughs> but like fair enough that way I, I at least know like these are the things and then i'll just shift it to the next day but like these are the things i need to be focusing on you know yeah. today and tomorrow um and that's been super helpful for me um so 
like for you personally, do you do you consider yourself a more time oriented person or more task oriented person? I think that I'm more of a task oriented person, just like you. But um, I, I do want to put a caveat on this though, because uh, you know, there's a thing called Pomodoro technique. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. the idea is that you just work on something for like you know half an hour, and then you'd be like whatever. And I find that to be a really great like shortcut to get yourself to start a task because you just have this like humongous task in front of you and like oh, I just don't want to do it. But if you say that I'm just gonna work on it for just 25 minutes, right? Then that's taking a time oriented mindset. But the moment you jump into the task, like after 25 minutes, you know that if you really need to take a break, then you can take a break. And I I sometimes pull that trigger. But since I am personally a task oriented person, I find that I'm able to carry through with that um, you know kind of like a uh, uh, task and you know blow past the, the 20 minute uh, Pomodoro timer. Um, and what I find really, really effective as well is that going back to the 750 words writing that I do on a morning basis, that is in, in effect a small little Pomodoro sprint that I set for myself. And that also puts me into this habit of like, okay, I'm just using this 20 minute idea to short circuit myself to get this task started. And, um, you know, that's why I'd say, you know, it's one of the most impactful habits that I've had. I would even say like, because I think with with Hopkins students, a lot of us struggle with time management. Like Absolutely. I've I've I'm such a procrastinator. It's not even funny. Like <laughs> like for physics, for example, I'm taking physics right now. Literally, I have to finish like <laughs> a written homework and like a flip of physics homework for tonight. Haven't even started it. So like that's something that you know thinking about how how you can like divide tasks more evenly. It's like something I've been trying to work on, um, figuring out how I can like divide my physics homework more evenly throughout the day. Um, but also realizing that like the most important thing is just getting started because yeah. that's literally the hardest part, right? It's like, Oh my God, I have this huge assignment. But if you think about it, even, even not even like five minutes, like forget like 25 minutes, even just working on it for five minutes, I guarantee you 90% of the time, if you work on it for five minutes, you're going to continue it for another hour yeah. or, or two hours. Like that's just how it works. Like it's it's inertia. Now I'm pulling physics and this conversation, <laughs> but like it's inertia, right? Once you're in motion, you keep going, right? So like once you're motivated, once you've started it, you're like, you know what? I'm already I'm already doing it. Like why not keep going and why yeah. not you know try to finish it? Um, so I think you know for all of you listening out there, even if you can just get started on it for five minutes, right? Just start with something small. Break the task up into this goal. I'm just gonna work on this for five minutes and see where it takes me. And I literally ninety percent of the time you will keep going with it and you'll do way more than if you were just like stressing about it and be like, Oh my God, it's going to take me like five hours. Oh my God. I'm so scared. Right. Like just five minutes and go and go for it. One of the other things that I found was that I noticed through my just um, morning writing habit uh, that I found really effective as well was that sometimes during my brain dump, I would be like, okay, okay. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do today? And I would kind of like outline basically what are the tasks that I need to get done for the day during that kind of like morning writing block. And I found this really, really helpful because I would think about, okay, so what are the steps that I need to actually get this done? And I would kind of visualize like what are the different steps that I would need to take. And thus through this morning dump kind of process, I would break down a big task into smaller tasks just by visualizing and walking through the different steps that I would need to take. And so I find that again, as another, you know, really positive reinforcer of then, you know, when I actually have to approach the day and get the task done, you know, that's way more effective. Cool. Well, I think that's a, <laughs> a great, a great uh, kind of uh, ending point. So recap, basically find things that work for you, right? Yeah. Try writing, 
try going to the gym like find highly recommend that yeah i mean ricardo's gotten me into working out and it's just such a good like endorphin release you feel so good afterwards like i'm just in there to like stay healthy right yeah that's really my goal is just like you know become stronger obviously but like just have like that routine of like i'm gonna go in the gym just gonna relax for you know half an hour 45 minutes and just like enjoy the process put music on just vibe yeah put music on vibe um so yeah just like choose a habit or two try it uh see what works for you um consistency is key right even if it's just you're, you're writing for five minutes start with five minutes i'm just going to write for five minutes every morning start with something small and be consistent with it and then you can gradually build it up and same thing when you're working on homework right i'm just going to work on this homework for five minutes and then you just take it from there um so yeah consistency is king is uh is the name of the game um but yeah so the the other half of this will be um also posted so you can check it out on uh, china's channel and uh hope you enjoyed this half of uh the the podcast uh thank you china for for coming on it was great talking with you we wish you all the best with hopkins hacks and no, uh, thank you for uh, inviting me it's great yeah, to be yeah, here appreciate it uh it's been an honor and uh yeah we'll see you on the next one bye bye <laughs>